Good morning, everybody. My name is Corey Rosen, and you're listening to The Story Podcast. Today, I have on a super awesome guest, Mr. Peter Mastro Pietro. Born and raised in Westchester County, just north of New York City, Peter now resides in Lancaster County, PA. He is the owner of Mastro Music, a booking agency which he founded in 2015. In addition, Peter is also the drummer slash percussionist for All Weather Band, an Americana Blues Roots Swing Band, and Tropical Suns, a Hawaiian slash Jamaican band. How are you doing today? I'm doing great, Corey. Thanks for uh, inviting me over. This is uh, exciting, and uh, I think we can get into some interesting things to talk about today. Yeah, I'm super excited. Yeah. So what was it as a, as a kid, as an adult, that got you really into music? Well, this goes back a long way, uh, but uh, I think the first time I heard Elvis Presley, he was singing... Uh, uh, something probably like uh, Jailhouse Rock, and I think it just like kind of flipped me out as a five-year-old or whatever I was at that time. And uh, I started getting into, you know, my older brothers who would uh, come home with music and play music and so forth. And uh, um, eventually, uh, when I was in high school, I started uh, playing with bands that were, um, you know, playing in our school gyms and so forth. And uh, parties and whatnot, and at the time I played uh, keyboards. I played what was known as a Farfisa compact organ, uh, also known as a Farchiza, because it had that real cheesy sound that uh, <laughs> people my age and my generation would remember. Um, so um, I played music uh, basically based on what I heard on the radio and uh, got got into it. Um, my dad was a, a music classically trained musician. Um, and he started giving me piano lessons as a kid, and uh, I enjoyed it. And then one day I heard Louie Louie. I don't know if you know the song. Anybody mm-hmm. knows the song Louie Louie? It's your basic three-chord rock song, which is uh, a lot a great song, and they're still playing it. And uh, so I figured out how to play that, and all of a sudden, you know, I stopped thinking about reading music and practicing reading music and just started, like, figuring out pop and rock songs that I could do on the piano that sort of thing, and then I uh, got involved with bands and so forth and uh, had a great time uh, entertaining, and I got the bug for kind of like playing for people, performing, and you know, watching people have a good time, dance, uh, and really enjoying the music, and I, I, I still do that to this day. Um, I also, when I was in high school, I performed in high school musicals and so forth, and all that kind of stuff, and I was one of those weird guys who uh, was in band, uh, Men's chorus, high school musicals, and played football. <laughs> so played football. it was a different. It was a real in those days. That was like, well, you don't do all that stuff, do you? But, no. So, uh, but then uh, after uh, high school, went to school, and uh, my first job out of uh, out of college was uh, selling advertising for a, a local radio station up in uh, up up in Westchester County, and it was uh, what, what was called progressive rock in those days. It was like uh, the disc jockeys would be able to play whatever they wanted. There were no playlists at this particular station. And um, I, I got great exposure to all kinds of music and all kinds of interesting people. Um, and uh, some of the disc jockeys went on to do really big things from this small market station. They just kind of like went into big areas, uh, big, big markets and so forth, and they're still at it today. But uh, at the same time, when I was finding out that my real calling as a career is like sales and meeting people, talking to people, and engaging creating relationships and so forth and, you know, trying to create commerce for myself by doing that. Uh, at the same time, uh, I met when I was working at this radio station, uh, WRNW, Progressive 
Progressive Rock from the Woods, it was called. <laughs> Great station. But uh, um, uh, so I met people who uh, would come up to the station. They were known in those days as promo men. They'd come in with piles of records and go and, uh, you know, talk to the DJs, say, hey, here's the newest Santana album, here's a new album by whoever, you know, whatever. They had albums coming out every week. There were new albums coming out. <clears throat> and uh, I got to know these guys. Um, and they were, um, you know, they were, we got along well. We'd go out, you know, they'd take out the, uh, the DJs, go partying and so forth. And uh, it was just part of the culture of those days. It was kind of like, you know, you're going to be my friend and you're going to play my records when I come in. You know, and that's kind of kind of thing it was. And it wasn't like payola. It was more like just being friends with guys and introducing new acts and new el new records to the audience. So so after that, I got kind of involved with, uh, you know, I was thinking, I mean, once I got out of selling radio advertising, I wanted to go into the record business at some capacity. And after a little while, I did end up getting uh, involved with a record company that produced uh, not really music, but spoken word recordings. It was a company called Cadman. And uh, they, create, they were the very first company that would create spoken word recordings. Wow. And it started actually in the 50s. Their very first recording was uh, called A Child's Christmas in Wales, which was recited by Dylan Thomas, the, who, who wrote it. He was a a poet from, from Wales, and uh, he came to New York and, you know, would do coffee houses and different recitals that he would do. Um, and then um, uh, he, his career was cut short by um, drink. <laughs> he just had too much of it. But anyway, this company, uh, Cadman, uh, so I got the chance, again, being a sales rep, and uh, I worked in uh, Manhattan and uh, eventually expanded into New England and the mid-Atlantic states and... Uh, um, and then this company also just, uh, had started a line of classical records, uh, which was uh, more what I wanted to get into because at least it was music that I could, oh, I could you know, expand where I could go and who I could talk to because I was, um, the spoken word stuff did great in like bookstores mm -hmm. uh, because people would go in and want to see, they'd, they'd, they'd want to get a, uh, a, like a, an original soundtrack to a Broadway play or whatever. And this was, this was what you know, Cadman did. You could get poetry on recording by Robert Frost or Carl Sandburg, or oh, you, you name it. Any yeah. American or English poet or author, they, they came in and did recordings of their work. Uh, J.R.O. Tolkien did uh, The Hobbit for them. Really? Yes. Oh, that's so cool. Yeah. So that was a big, those were big sellers. So, um, you know, uh, that, that was really interesting. And that was uh, in the uh, late 70s, early 80s. I spent a lot of time in New York City. Uh, the office for Cadman was on uh, 34th and 8th Avenue, which is, in those days, was a pretty interesting neighborhood. I mean, you'd see everything from millionaires to junkies to prostitutes mm -hmm. walking up and down that street. It was just a big mix of all kinds of things. And uh, um, eventually... Um, uh, we moved from New York area down to Lancaster. That was in 1987. Uh, New York was getting a little, uh, little rough for what I wanted to do, so I uh, came down here. Uh, long story short, raised the f three kids who are, uh, one uh, was a musician. He had a band here. He used to play in Lancaster, and uh, uh, the kids have kind of spread out now. But uh, after um, a while, exactly about 11 years ago, um, my wife bought me a set of drums. Um, and uh, I figured, wow, okay, because I, I should go back. When I was growing up in uh, Westchester, one of my brothers was a drummer, so there was always a set of drums in the house. So I got to, you know, 
play a little bit. But uh, anyway, I had the set of drums, and uh, okay, and I uh, hadn't touched drums in so long. So I, I had a, a friend of mine um, <clears throat> became, uh, he's a teacher, and he, he taught me certain rudiments and aspects of drumming and so forth, and that was really fantastic. Uh, his name is Dom Billet, and uh, he's uh, he was in Laxey's. Now he's he's moved to Nashville, and he does different uh, studio work and touring and so forth. He's he's really fantastic. So he helped me get started in playing drums, and it was like uh, did that, and then the, I got into a band called the Men from Tolex. That was the first band I got into uh, here in Lancaster. And the Men from Tolex was a surf rock band, mm. and surf rock meaning things like. Um, Walk, Don't Run, Wipe Out, famous songs that were all, it's like a Southern California kind of like sound. the Beach Boys? Well, without the vocals. No vocals. Oh. It's all instrumental with, uh, you know, uh, Stratocasters with super uh, reverbs and stuff like that, a lot of reverb. And, uh, so it's called, the, the genre is called surf rock. Uh, that's what it is. Um, so it's a lot of loud, and it was a great way to get started in drumming and playing it, because you could play as loud as you wanted, since there were no right. vocals, you had to, you know, and, and, and that was fun, and then, uh, so I was doing that for a while, and I, I became the guy who was uh, booking, the, booking the gigs for this band, and uh, was doing that for a while, and then um, I decided to uh, start a website and for this band, and that kind of evolved into mastromusic.com, my, my booking agency, and, and what happened was, uh, um, I followed an ad up on uh, Craigslist for a, a band that was looking for a manager, and they were called The Cavern Club. And The Cavern Club w was a Beatle tribute band. Really, really good band, and they were very popular because I mean, the Beatles are still hot, and still, popular, still yeah. gigantic. So um, I said, all right. So meanwhile, I was, I was playing, you know, but The Cavern Club was opening doors for me to, to really get into venues and clubs because they were very popular. And then, um, you know, I, as the Cavern Club got better, I, I found other musicians that I would represent or you know, manage, uh, depending on what the situation was. And it's sort of, you know, if that master of music evolved into what it is now, where I don't really manage bands anymore, um, um, except for the bands that I'm in. I, I do to a certain degree. <clears throat> but more represent bands as a freelancer. Um, I get calls for, for somebody who says, hey, I need a band for my wedding. What, what, what can you do for me? Or I need mm -hmm. a party, you know, or, you know. And I also, you know, talk to all the local venues uh, all around uh, Lancaster and Lancaster County mostly, sometimes in, uh, uh, in uh, Dauphin County. So um, that's what I do now. I spend my time uh, working uh, with venues and uh, getting my getting some of these bands, uh, you know, getting exposure for them, getting them trying to get uh, a decent pay for them. I mean, that's another mm -hmm. whole that's mm -hmm. another whole uh, you know part of the picture, um, and we can get into that as far as compensation for bands and so forth. But uh, so that's uh, that's what I do now, and um, uh, it's a lot of fun and. Uh, uh, one of the things, I do have a couple of, uh, well, one really uh, good relationship with a, a place called Cherry Crest Adventure Farm. It's out in, near Strasburg, and uh, I book all the bands for this place. They have bands uh, starting yesterday uh, up until the end of, uh, end, uh, early uh, November. So that's, that's about 15 bands that I've set up with there, and, uh, uh, and that's fun. It's kind of like a, an ongoing thing every year I get to do that, and 
And as we've talked about, I, I, this year I'm working with the Capona Festival, which is coming up over Labor Day. I've got uh, 17 bands booked for that and uh, over three days. And uh, that was uh, a lot of fun. It was challenging to get everybody uh, who could make it because Labor Day weekend is typically a busy day for all bands. So yeah. you want to be working that day. It's not quite New Year's Eve working, but you know most bands are busy and so forth. So I was able to... Uh, to get a good lineup for one of the stages at Capona, and um, I'm really excited to uh, to have that happen. And I'll be managing the stage and making sure everything goes smooth and uh, take care of all the you know the bumps in the road. I'm sure that will come across. In fact, I got a text message this morning from one of the uh, soloists who has to back out. So now mm. I have to find another guy. Blah blah. blah. And I'm already working on it. But uh, so that's the kind of thing that I I, I really enjoy. I, I enjoy. You know, I tell people I've been a promoter, sales guy for my for a long time. It's just my nature. I talk and I build relationships, and I like to connect people. If I can connect musicians with somebody, and um, it, it's really uh, very satisfying for me. So it's it's a it's a good thing. Yeah, it's a very good thing, especially for a podcast. <laughs> yeah. Did I talk enough? I mean, <laughs> you know, you ask somebody like, "Hey, tell me about yourself." It's like, well, well there you go. I'll go on. And I'll go on and on and on. <laughs> Do you really mean tell me about yourself? Or <laughs> yeah, yeah, you... <laughs> or, yeah, yeah, right. right. Um, so tell me about uh, your booking agency. What does that mean? Uh, how do you? How did you manage bands? How do you? How, how uh, relationships work within that? Mm -hmm. Well, uh, there's there's two uh, relationships that I have to foster. One is with the bands themselves and getting to know. It's I, I enjoy getting to know all the members of the bands I work with and talk to them and. Since I'm a musician, I can talk music. Uh, if there's a drummer in one of the bands I work with, I can always I always love to just like see what kind of rig he has and see mm -hmm. you know, hey, how, you know when you did that or where did you get what, you know what kind of symbols whatever you know just shop talk kind of a thing. I, I, I really enjoy that. Um, <clears throat> and uh, so there's that aspect of it, building the relationship with the bands and getting them to trust me uh, that I'm working for them and I'm going to you know get them a good gig and I'm going to get them paid. I can't, you know, it's mm -hmm. always a challenge. Uh, um, so the other side of the relationships are the venues and my other clients that call up from time to time saying, you know, whatever it might be, I'm having a company event and we, we want to, you know, we want a duo or we want a full band or whatever. And uh, so in those cases, um, I get to build relationship with that client and hopefully next time they need somebody, they'll call me back. And that has happened. I mean, that, that, that works out really well. And, so I provide a, a, a very a service that I feel requires a lot of follow-up and a lot of um, babysitting because sure. there's a lot of stuff that goes on. And, uh, and I'm, I like doing that. I mean, uh, with technology today, that you shouldn't have any trouble doing it between mm -hmm. what we have on the Internet, calendars, and, you know, just like following up emails. I mean, it's, it's a great way to communicate <clears throat> and um, totally enjoy it. I mean, it's like uh, – and sometimes – Something goes wrong, or something's not, and I'm up for the challenge to fix it, quite figure out what to do, you know, or something like that. And uh, that that usually is part of the the, the situation, also. And uh, so it's fun, yeah. I, I enjoy that, and um, you know, um, I get a, a typical agency commission when I work with bands, and most times, not every time. Sometimes I just let it go, depending on um, if I'm booking, say, for like a nonprofit agency, uh, so they might call me and say, you know, this is our budget, and like I just make the connect, I connect the artist with the with the uh, with the eight with the uh, 
with the client and then, uh, you know, kind of oversee what's going on, but I don't really get involved and I let them, you know, so I don't put a lot of time into that, but I do make the connection and I don't uh, get compensation for that. Um, so I'm doing a you know, favor for both the, the musicians and for the eight, you know, for the nonprofit. Mm -hmm. um, so that's, uh, you know, that's kind of it. And I'm always, um, you know, looking for new venues and trying to introduce uh, bands to new venues and, uh, you know, Sometimes people get back to you, and sometimes they don't. You know. Yeah, that's that's uh, a large thing is getting back. Yeah. Right. Yeah. How do you manage uh, if something goes wrong between the venue or the band? How do you manage that? Well, uh, the first thing to do is deal with it as soon as you can. I mean, you don't want to like, oh, I don't want. Uh, yeah, right. It's like um, the band is going to be. You know, no thinks that they have to be there start their set at nine and then you know a few days before the guy you know the venue says oh no it's an eight o'clock start or you know that kind of thing so you know uh my, my i found out the best thing for me to do is just figure out a solution and deal with it as soon as possible um i've never had any real disasters i mean um sometimes uh weather plays a faction uh, play, if you know if the band is if it's an outdoor venue and there's always that that kind of a thing um, but I've never had a situation where, like, a, a, the venue owner contacted and said, these guys didn't show up or anything like that. So I, I really make sure, like, if there's somebody playing Friday, by usually by Tuesday, I'm touching base with everybody and said, hey, don't forget, you're expected, and, you know, and tell the venue themselves that, hey, these guys are going to load in at, like, 6 o'clock or whatever it is that they, you know, so everybody's reminded of what's coming up. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, uh, I haven't had too many problems. I had one problem where um, I didn't really confirm a gig with uh, with a band, and I told the band it was probably going to happen. The band showed up, and it wasn't happening. <laughs> so uh, that was a problem. But luckily, it was very local, and uh, I think I made it up to uh, the guy who uh, who I uh, got crisscrossed with and so forth. So, uh, but yeah, I mean, I, I I just feel like if you pay a lot of attention and you pay attention to detail. Um, you shouldn't have too many problems. What are some of the tools? Because knowing musicians, they are, it's like herding cats, right? Yeah. Um, what are some advice that you can give to bands to help organize themselves to help? Mm -hmm. Well, uh, know your if you're a band if you're like the contact for the band, you're the leader of the band. You have to know everybody in your band. Like so, some guys there's always going to be one guy who's always late, or just I forgot, I didn't do it. So. You really have to, I mean, if, and if, those, if, if you're the kind of band where everybody is really important to what the band is doing that night, I mean, sometimes, you know, the guy can miss a gig and you can still do it depending on the, on the band, but um, you really have to know your musicians. I mean, they can be great musicians, but if, you know, if they're not dependable um, and you're serious about getting out there and playing for people and, and, and you know, and expanding what you're doing, you, you really have to manage that band uh, as best you can. That's that's I'd say the the, the best way to do it and to uh, uh, to watch those guys. And then when you perform, I mean, know your venue. I mean, if it's if it's a, a late night gig at a bar and uh, you want to sing a drinking song, no problem, that's fine. But right. if you're playing for I don't know, this is an extreme. But if you're playing for a birthday party, you know, and their kids there, you don't want to talk. You know, there's certain things, certain songs you wouldn't want. You have to just be aware of that stuff and. Some 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 guys they just oh yeah we're gonna do this song you know and it's like 
not necessarily appropriate for that particular event. And uh, read the know, room, right? Exactly. Yeah. yeah, read the room exactly. And uh, so, um, and I try to give guys, uh, you know, the bands a heads up on you know who your audience is going to be, um, just so that they know uh, what's expected of them and what's not expected of them. You know, so uh, I guess those are really important things. You know, you know, a band needs to know if. They have to bring all their equipment or if they're sound provided. And I always give that information. But if sometimes it's, it's happened where, oh, I didn't know we had to bring sound. Well, I mean, I told the guys, I told you you had to bring sound and there's no sound here. So you got to go mm-hmm. back, you know, st- get stressed, go pick up your stuff, bring it, bring it home, set it up, do your sound check and all that. And that creates a situation. So, I mean, I think that leads into just being prepared and getting there early so you can do your sound check the way you want to do it. It, it's one thing I've learned. I always have my piano in my trunk anyway, just just to be sure. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it's also for you. It's great because it's like, hey, I, I need you. Can you can you come out and, and you know and, and do some songs with us? I mean, you can do it. I mean, if you have your yeah. you have you have your rig with you all the time, it's yeah, fantastic. I have it all the time. Just to, <laughs> and even when I go out to gigs, some people are like, oh, hey, you're here. You want to come sit in? Yeah, that <laughs> that happens way more often than than people would ever think, um, especially if we're like good friends or whatever. Yeah, yeah. And then and they'll and you know they're all playing the songs that we've played together. So they're like, mm-hmm. "Oh, you want to come sit in?" And, I'm, and I'm, oftentimes the answer would be no. I didn't have my guitar or whatever. Right. But since right. I always have it with me. Yeah, I can of do. Of course, it. I can. Yeah. And and that's the kind of experience that uh, for musicians I think is like so cool because you know, we weren't expecting it. And it's like, can you sit in? Yeah, I can definitely do it. You know. And then all of a sudden you're on. St- you know, you thought you were going to be you know in the audience, but now you're on stage, and that's just such a, you know, it's just a. Um, it's a really it's a rush for a lot of musicians. Mm-hmm. I think. I mean, I whenever I have a chance to sit in, I mean, as long as I know what's going on, I mean, yeah, I would, right, def- yeah. I would definitely want to. And I can, uh, I'll give you a real quick uh, story um, about uh, we had uh, my fiftieth uh, high school reunion, mm-hmm. fifty plus two because it was called off because of COVID. Oh, yeah, so, yeah. And this was about uh, I don't know three four weeks ago, and uh, one of the guys organized two of the guys organized. Um, uh, a reunion band of all guys in our high school who were in bands or who played together and so forth. And we had this re- reunion band. And we, we played like a 40-minute set of all songs back from our high school days, from, you know, like Steppenwolf and Santana, all these fantastic bands that used to come out in those days. And it was really a lot of fun. And we, we didn't get to practice. I mean, we just got up and, and did the, I mean, there was a minimal practicing, but it was pretty much... Here we go. We're just going to do it. And uh, I played piano on that, and I played drums on a couple songs. And we had three drummers, and we would rotate. Um, and uh, it just we we pulled it off great. And the people who were in our class went crazy. I mean, they they were dancing and they had a great time. So um, that's the kind of thing. It's one of those you know spur of the moment. Let's just do it, and it's going to work. And uh, it's, it was very satisfying. So, what do you think is most important to musicians uh, that? Do want to like sit in on on all that jazz? Uh, do you think they have should have a a backlog of songs that they just know? Uh, yeah. I mean, I would say if depending on who you're going to sit in with, you mm. should be able to at least like if it's oh, hey, can you can you do a couple songs with us? You know, well, what are we going to do? You know, that kind of thing. So yeah, I mean, if you have a good knowledge of what the band is about and and, and ready to play. Uh, that would be helpful. I, and if you have a, a good ear and if you know the music, I mean, you can do, I know you, Corey, can do that kind of stuff, which is just a really fun thing and it's, it's a great thing. Um, the other thing is when you, when you do that, you know, you're just helping out. You know, there's always like a, 
usually there's a front man who's the guy, you know, and uh, you're backing up. And, you know, mm-hmm. and, but, you know, they appreciate that, too, that, uh, you know, you don't want to, you know, get up there and start going all like Alice Cooper if you're playing, if you're sitting in. No. like with, <laughs> If you're you sitting know. in, you're an yeah. accessory. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And that's something that, you know, but I mean, but that's a great way to make friends and to, yeah. to, to meet new guys and, and to maybe start another band that they might want to do because there's all these guys everybody's got more than one band project going on absolutely and true. uh and that makes everybody all the musicians who get to do that um i think it makes you better like in, in my situation with all weather band uh it's a very uh formatted uh arrangements so we practice mm. a lot and they they come out really good and they sound good we have a good sound um now the other band, all uh, Tropical Suns, is more. They are arrangements, but it's more loosey, loose kind of a thing. And uh, and we practice, but uh, we can pull it off, and it's a lot of fun. And I found that playing with that band, I, I'm not playing a drum kit. I'm playing a cajon and bongos and a foot tambourine and a little snare drum on the side. And it's like so I'm using different percussive instruments than I would be with the other band. And doing that makes me a better timekeeper. Oh, I'm the sure. other band. So yeah. because uh, I don't know if any of my bandmates are listening, but I would be you're slowing down, you're going too fast, you know that kind of stuff. So I really trained, got to train myself on how to keep the groove going at where it's supposed to be. And uh, so I think I've improved. I mean, the guys in my band tell me I have. So unless they're just fooling around with me, I don't know. <laughs> but uh, so, uh, but that's fun. Yeah, um, you know, again, it's another example of uh, the more you do, I think the better you're going to get overall. Absolutely. If you don't practice something, you got to practice. You always got to practice. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, so tell me about your the two bands, uh, how they got started, what you guys do. Yeah. Um, well, All Weather Band, uh, again, it was a Craigslist meetup with uh, um, uh, myself and our lead singer, um, Anthony Markovich. He's, uh, uh, he's like 6'8, so he makes a great front guy. Yeah, maybe yeah. six seven. I don't, he's a pretty tall guy, anyway. You, you know, but uh, he plays uh, acoustic and rhythm guitar, and he's a singer, a baritone, and uh, so we just kind of got together and uh, started finding some musicians to that would do it. The idea was to to do kind of like a what we used to call outlaw country, um, kind of mm-hmm. you know, and, and we got into that with some some uh, some Grateful Dead type country songs, some Willie Nelson, Johnny Cash, that sort of uh, format, and. Um, Good old country. Yeah, yeah, but kind of like, you know, like in a with rock influence to it. Right. Yeah. Not the old. Not yeah. Um, uh, like you know, like Willie Nelson, for instance. I mean, there's a lot of fun stuff that he did in Johnny Cash. Oh, you know, it's just and it's a lot of fun. So then the band has evolved. That's been around for I think I think we're in our fourth year, maybe mm. more. Uh, it's evolved into we're still doing what we call the outlaw country stuff, but now we're doing some blue eyed soul. Uh, we're doing a little more Grateful Dead. Uh, we have a, a, a new keyboard player who joined the band um, uh, almost a year ago <clears throat> who's uh, really excellent, and he knows he's got a great, he's got a Hammond organ. He's got the newest portable Hammond organ that there is, and it has like a, uh, a simulated Leslie in it that's phenomenal. And uh, he's really talented, and he also sings. So with him, we're doing some Delbert McClinton, some Van Morrison, um, just different. So we've expanded into a, a different kind of situation where audiences, what they always tell us is like, "Wow, what a mix of songs!" I mean, you're not you're not just doing one song that sounds alike after it. They're all different, really diverse uh, uh, set that we have, and um, 
and audiences seem to really respond to it. We're, we're not really, a, a, once in a while somebody will get up and dance because we do play a couple of numbers that inspire people to get up and dance, but more of a, you know, listening and eating dinner and drinking kind of a thing, you mm -hmm. know, and uh, just appreciating the music. So uh, it's a lot of fun and it's a lot of work. Um, we do two hour gigs, three hour gigs and uh, scheduling is uh, always a challenge too. So because who's on vacation and who's there and blah, blah, blah. Um, but we have a really good lineup. Um, um, our lead guitar player is Kirby Martzel, who some listeners might remember from the uh, Susquehanna River Band, which was a gigantic country band yeah. back in uh, you know back in the old and you know a few decade ago or so. Um, and that was one of the bands we were talking about before, where they they'd travel to a location and play and do a residency for like a week and a half or whatever, and just stay there every night and play, play, play. And uh, they'd pack these bars, and people would stay till two o'clock in, in the morning, and then go to work the next day. <laughs> kind of Incredible. So, uh, but yeah, um, and uh, uh, so, and the other band, uh, Tropical Suns, I said, is a, a, a is a real interesting group. Um, and uh, you know, we we wear Hawaiian shirts when we go out, and we do some gimmicky. I wouldn't say gimmicky stuff, but uh, we do a lot of traditional Hawaiian songs. We do pop songs that we kind of islandize, you know, is a kind of way to put it, you know, do a reggae version of it. Um, and uh, uh, we, have, uh, we have a lot of fun. Some of the, you know, we have one guy from Lebanon, uh, and the other three guys are from the Lancaster area. But uh, it's really a lot of fun. Uh, it's a, and it's, uh, you know, again, we do two or three hour set, and uh, it's good. The one guy, uh, one of our uh, chip plays, uh, ukulele, electric ukulele, which, so he does, that's the Hawaiian thing, then we have an electric guitar, electric bass, and my percussion stuff that we talked about. Ken's going to get a steel pan. Yeah, it's not a bad idea, or <laughs> that would be cool, yeah, yeah, I like that. Yeah, yeah, could do that. That'd, that'd be a lot of fun. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, I mean, it's, uh, it, we, they were always, uh, our guitar player, uh, his name is Mike Luckenbill, and he's pretty well known as a, you know, soloist, as a, does his own thing a lot of the time. His, his license plate, I think, is called Solo Man or something like that. <laughs> but he brings in uh, different instruments. He just brought this this electronic, looks like a recorder, but it's electronic. It's made by cord. Huh. And it, you can, it sounds, it synthesized sounds of everything from a trumpet to a saxophone. And you just push the button and you've got like a, a flute or you have, a, and he's, he's been using that with, the, and it sounds like, some guy stepped up and started playing the flute. I mean, it's really, really and he can do. Yeah, it's it's uh, so cool. Yeah, and it's he said it costs like a hundred bucks. It's like technology wise, it's like how do they do that for a hundred bucks? Is yeah, for a hundred bucks, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know. So, uh, but yeah, so like you know, we uh, we try different instruments and do different things that way. It's a lot of fun. Do you have any gigs coming up? Uh, for Tropical Suns, we have uh, we yesterday uh, this uh, this weekend we were busy. Friday night we played at a place up in. Um, uh, Cornwall, which is called the Bluebird Inn. Really, oh yeah, 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 yeah. Great venue. I mean, a beautiful deck. The weather was nice. Have the restaurant is really nice. So we did that uh, Saturday, uh, Friday night. We did a three-hour gig. Then Saturday we played at Cherry Crest at mm -hmm. Metro Farm. It was uh, the first kicked off the first uh, gig there, and that was uh, the uh, the first series of concerts there. That was a three-hour gig. So by the end of that, we were pretty pretty tired, you know, all that kind of stuff. But uh, and then Wednesday, we uh, the Tropical Suns is playing up in uh, Ephrata. Uh, it's, it's a venue called the Main Spring Whistle Stop. It's right downtown Ephrata. It's a free cons community concert for uh, people to come and, and, and just like you know, 
bring their chair and there's a, a food a food truck and there's, there's there's a beer guy selling brews and stuff like that there and uh, that, that's a fun place. I've played there before and it's a lot of fun. So that's what's going on uh, with all weather with uh, tropical suns. All weather band has a gig Friday night no Saturday night up at uh, in Bainbridge a place called the Bainbridge Inn. Uh, it's a nice venue, uh, you know. It's a restaurant bar kind of thing. We've played there before. It's uh, just north of Marietta, mm. and uh, and typically all weather band uh, gets around to. Uh, we play at McCleary's, uh, Stoner Grill, uh, Telus. Telus is interesting because you start at ten thirty and you're done at one thirty. In the morning. No, at night. Yeah, a... yeah ten thirty p.m. Uh, like on a Friday yeah, night yeah, on the, and in the front in the front room there. Really? Yeah, and it's 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 yeah, we we did that once, and it's a long it's a long. I mean, that's ten thirty is pretty late start for me. Oh yeah, yeah, no, I I agree yeah. with you. But uh, the place was jumping. I mean, it oh, was of wild. Course, right. I mean, it was us. just yeah. like <laughs> people were going wild. So it was a lot of fun to play there. So we're we're playing there again uh, in October. So uh, we have a bunch of gigs lined up uh, with all weather band. We're pretty regular, so it's a lot of fun. If you want to learn more about, about those bands, they have Facebook pages and uh, all that stuff that will be in, in the description. Do they have websites as well? Or? Uh, we're just building a website for all weather band. Uh, you can go to Keymastro Music uh, uh, to see all the information about the bands I represent, including all weather band. We have some videos up and just you know information about the band. But we're actually um, getting our, our website almost finished now. We'll be able to put that up. Awesome. And, uh, yeah. So I'm curious, you've done a lot of marketing in the past. What are some of the marketing techniques that have been obsolete? Obsolete? That have become obsolete, yeah. Um, well, print ads. <laughs> I, I, used to, I used to do that. Um, I, I, I still do to a certain degree, but more for a, um, uh, an organization that I'm uh, a member of. And they, they, you know, they ask you know, anybody who could put an ad in to, to do it. Uh, so, but, but yeah, it, it seems like the print... Uh, media is, um, you know, kind of going away. Um, they, and, you know, I don't know, a lot of people might not real, realize that Lancaster County was like one of the biggest printing areas in, in, in the country. Really? There were printing plants all over the place from mom and pops up to big, big printing plants that would, you know, publish, uh, print books, catalogs. I mean, massive amounts of paper and ink coming out of Lancaster County. And then I'd say in the last 20 years, I mean, the little mom and pops found that they their business dried up. Uh, you know, the internet kind of like really had a big effect on that. Oh yeah, for sure. So uh, that I would say is uh, the main thing, and uh, there's just no reason for it. I, I, as far as I, I've never done any broadcast uh, uh, advertising or anything like that. So everything I do is pretty much social media, and that's uh, you know. That's just the way it is. You know, you get followers. You always want to get followers. When, when you play out, you say, hey, please like, give us a like on your, you know, our Facebook page, and you can follow us and all that sort of thing. And it's, uh, it's that viral thing that just works, you know, uh, for a lot of bands and so forth. So, um, you know, I was thinking about walking around downtown Lancaster with one of those sandwich boards, you know, with an all-weather band. Hey, come sit. <laughs> I'd say that's kind of obsolete. <laughs> But well, I don't, I don't know. I hey, it might like be a good good it, gimmick. Yeah, it's a, it's an incredible gimmick. Like yeah. stuff, stuff like that, that. That's what you have to do almost these days is is be uh, weird. Yeah, you <laughs> have to bang people over the head with something new because yeah, be a little little out, a little out there. That's a good idea. Yeah, that's how that's how you're gonna get that's how you're gonna get your people because no one's gonna look 
you know, there's a million and five bands. Why don't I have to? Why should I watch yours? Right, right, right. That's a challenge. It really is. There, there is a lot of, uh, there are a lot of bands out there, and uh, uh, we've gotten all weather band just uh, had some video production done, and uh, we're waiting for the, you know, for you know the, the final product. We haven't seen it yet, um, but it's like you, you get. I get a press kit from a band, and here's our video. And if it's like if it's more than two minutes long, I mean. Even if it's a medley, I mean, people really just don't want to spend two minutes to watch it. They want to move on to the next yeah. post that they want to see. So um, it's tough, you know, just to get people to take a listen and so forth. But, um, you know, if you're doing like, uh, if, I'm, if I'm marketing to like um, a community concert, like a lot of the communities have summer series concerts in, mm -hmm. in, all over the place. And they hire bands. It's a free concert for the community, kind of like what, what's going on up at Ephrata on Wednesday. Uh, with those, you really want to put your best foot forward, and you need good quality video because it's done by a committee. So one person will be, I'm in charge of finding the bands, and then they bring it to a committee, and hopefully everybody in the committee kind of likes, likes, likes it, and, you know, and it goes through that way. So you really need to have a professional touch in those cases. If it's, um, if it's like iPhone videos, I mean, you know, it's not, I mean, it's depending on what it is, but that's not really what you want. If you really want to... Um, look good you have to have you know pay some video guy come and do the recording you know the video show or whatever in a studio um have him edit it in a good professional way and have a, a really nice presentation that way that that i think is really what bands need so how does one set up for that do you, do you have a gig you need to contact a videographer say hey come out here film this for me blah blah, blah. Yeah. Well, that's we've I've done it two ways. That way, uh, we just did that uh, for the All Weather Band at our last gig at Stoner Grill. So he uh, he set up two stationary cameras pointing to the band at different parts of, the band, and then he had a like he had his own camera mobile walking around doing videos. Uh, so he's able to edit all that stuff in, into it. So that's a live performance, which is really good because you get audience reaction. Mm -hmm. You know, people are clapping, whatever they're doing, you get that, and that's you you want to show that too. I've also done it. Uh, with um, when I was working with uh, the Cavern Club, they did a, a really nice set of videos uh, down at um, a studio on King Street. It's called uh, the name escapes me right now, but uh, um, they did. We had it was done in a recording studio, and it was set up real nice. And uh, we had a guy come in and do that, and he re he mixed it all up right real nice because it was done in a recording studio. So he got a really in the recording studio, he could use their mixing board to mix into the, the video somehow that they nice. were doing. Yeah, it was the, um, the but, not um, the Candy Factory, another place on King Street. Uh, ben Roth, you know Ben Roth? He owns this little it's not the It's not the Kaleidoscope. The Kaleidoscope. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah I'm sorry. Yeah, thanks. Yeah. Thank you. That's where it is. It's a little funny little place. You walk down this alley and you go, what? <laughs> how do you get it? Where are we? You know, but uh, yeah, it was a, it's a nice dude. He did, a, Ben did a good job with it, with that. And then, so we had the video guy come in and do that. So that's, there's two ways to do that. Um, and that worked out pretty well for them. They that got them a lot of work um, for uh, just hey, you know, it's a medley of Beatles songs. You can't go wrong. Oh, right. Yeah. And it, it's to any band that wants to like further their presence on social media, you have to get content. Yeah. Of yourself. Yes, and you got to get it out there, and you got to ask people to send it to your friends, share it, whatever, uh, and all that. And, and and it might seem trite or it might seem scummy, but. It's what you have so to do. It's what you got to do, it, right? You got to, right? You you have to say, this is like, I'm not 
I'm, you know, I don't know. So I, I know what you mean. If it seems scummy, then it's like you're not really into promoting. You know, you, you've yeah. got to do it. You've got, you've got to, to be a little aggressive. And but you don't have to be aggressive. You know, super aggressive. You no, no, not at all. Yeah. And, and it was kind of kind of funny last night. Uh, the big boy brass, you know, they have their bucket that they go around, and uh, oftentimes they have somebody else. Like they'll give the, give the bucket go go around. I did it this time. I, I saw it. Yeah, yeah. Because I, I was like, I, I, well, I love the big boy brass, yeah. and I just I want to help them. Yeah. So I was going around tips, tips, tips. Yeah, yeah. No, that was good. I mean, yeah. why not? I mean, and people were chasing you. Yeah. I saw a p- couple of people coming after, say, hey, hey, you know, because you know they did that kind of a show where people want to support them. Yeah, and and same thing with with bands too. Like, uh, uh, if you're at your local bar, or whatever, if it's not scummy to ask people to give you money if they're willing to give you money, right? Right. It's 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 the people that just sit there and wait. Right. Right. right? No, you're you're absolutely right. And uh, most bands, uh, you know, they should bring a tip jar. Mm-hmm. And there's no reason to say, hey, you know, just to let you know, we have a tip jar up here if you like what we're doing. And uh, most there's always somebody that'll drop in a five, a ten, or a twenty, and you know you might end up with an extra hundred bucks, you know. Yeah. Because uh, compensation for bands, uh, you know, the venues have to, they you know they have their own challenges and they want good music, but to be honest with you, um, I was probably when I was in high school, I was getting paid not that much less than what bands are getting now. Because wow. uh, it's just uh, it's difficult for a lot of the venues. It's challenging. Uh, and there's for, tight margins and yeah, and just ASCAP. getting people to ask cap and getting people to work for you is, is there other challenge? And their food costs are up. I mean, you know, it's everything getting getting produce delivered has got to cost more because everything's so much more expensive. Transportation. So um, I think the venues want to give you know, compensate the bands and, you know, of course they, you know, they usually have some sort of uh, hospitality, some food mm-hmm. and some drinks and stuff, but they encourage bands to have a tip jar and, uh, uh and also sell merchandise, which is a yeah. great, idea, great thing for you to do too. So, you know, um, you can always look at that sort of thing and try to increase what you're paying, what you're, you know, what you're kind of, inc- kind of uh, income you're making from your performances and so forth, which I think it makes you, Feel like somebody, you know, if you get a hundred bucks in tips or whatever it is, I mean, you feel like, wow, somebody did like us. That's we're doing something right. Yeah, you know? and it, that's really important for guys, for for bands to to do that. Yeah, so it, it, no matter what, you should always be promoting yourself. It's because it, that's the business. That's what you're there for. Yeah, you, you're there to get more followers. You're there to get more people listening to your music, unless you're you're trying to you're doing doing a different vision which some people do and i right. can understand that mm-hmm. but if you're a small time musician that wants to get more more of a following video first off videotape your yourself do that uh, that way you have something right at least something to start with and then advertise your social media make simple <laughs> template graphic designs this is what i do for 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 my for uh for the podcast i yeah. i have a template design and i just like in the picture, yeah. you change the wording. That's, that's all. it. It's easy. It takes you hardly any time. It takes me no time at all. Right. And it look and it looks professional. Yeah. It's consistent. Yeah. And it's easy. It's yeah. really easy. Yeah, you have a good you have a good template. Your post looks nice. It's the black. You know, it's just a nice it's a nice presentation for yeah. sure. Yeah. And it's on use I just use Canva, which is free. 
It's fantastic. Canva is the best thing ever Can, for every band. Yeah, Canva is amazing. Yeah. yeah, if you're a band and you're trying to figure out your graphics and you want to make posts for every venue. For free. Yeah, for free. Canva. C-A-N-V-A. Yeah. It's an app. It's a, you can do it online. It's a, it's a wonderful thing. It's really good. And uh, so, yeah, um, the, other, the other part about bands promoting themselves well, if you want to go back to a venue, you want to show the, you know, the, the booker that, hey, man, people stayed till, till the end of the show, you know, that kind of thing. And they kept, mm. you know, they bought drinks and they bought food or whatever it is that they want. And you need that. And you need to show a following. It's like, hey, we, you know, we, I have a following. I have, I have 20 people who are going to come because I, they like us. And that's, you know, 20 people is 20 people. I mean, that's, you know, uh, so you need that reinforcement to getting future gigs. And you can, you, then you can use it to justify a higher pay. Yes, you can, yeah, exactly. So if you know that, oh, I have, I have a, a, like a thousand following, and you know that you have at least a hundred people that will come out. Right, right. You can say, I know I'm going to, I'm going to fill a hundred spots in this, in this place. That's good, and and if you know your people, you can estimate how many drinks they're gonna get. Yeah, right? exactly. And then you're like, they're gonna buy five drinks each. That's five hundred drinks. That's like a lot of money. That's five thousand dollars, right? Yeah, right, there. right, right. <laughs> so I, you know, justify yeah, yourself. Absolutely. To get more to get more, uh, more of a more of a pay. Yeah, and I and I think you know, artists, musicians, whatever you know, have to get beyond that uh, I'm embarrassed to promote or it's not below. I don't really like to, to be the salesman kind of a right. thing. And you have to do that. I you mean, have you, to. You got, you got to do it. So You don't have to be a snake oil no. salesman. Just, be, just, just take yourself at face value and say, right. this, is, this is what I bring. Right. This is what I deserve. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you're right, 100%. Yeah, and it's, it's, not, it's not egotistical at all. Right. It's just being real with yourself. And right. Because you, you're running a business. You're running a business, yeah, and and you probably started playing guitar when you were like nine, and yeah. you, so you, mom and dad got your lessons, and they paid for it as investment. Investment. How many guitars and amps have you bought? Core <laughs> cables, and mics, and all the stuff that it all goes into the cost of getting out there, you know. And, and how much you, more do you want to invest in yourself in yeah. the future? Right, exactly. And you're always going to be doing that, so you're always going to be getting, you know. I mean, if you're a guitar stuff, player, yeah. you need you need strings or whatever. You, you need know. strings. You need you stuff. Need, <laughs> you yeah. need stuff. Yeah. <laughs> if it rains, you need more stuff. Yeah, that's right. In an emergency. Yeah. Uh, that's another thing for a musician. Uh, have an emergency fund. <laughs> yeah, it's good if you can do that. <laughs> yeah, rainy day fund. Rainy day fund. Yeah. Um, what are some other uh, good good resources for musicians to use that want to just up their game a little bit in the marketing. We mentioned Canva. Is there anything else that, that you can recommend? Um, well, let's see. Um, there's a couple of uh, really good uh, websites that sent or e I come out emails. Uh, one's called uh, Indie. I, I'd have to, I don't have it at the top of my head, but they give great advice for bands on how to, how to get gigs, how to promote themselves. I can go ahead. I'll, I'll go ahead and talk a little okay, bit. Okay, I'll go. To, I'll get it on my. Uh, I just need my phone here. So uh, one of the one of the few resources I've been using is uh, Score is is one. Oh yeah. Uh, they they do free ad ad uh, free call. They sorry. You do a discover call, and then they'll they'll help you work out your business and get, uh, start a plan. It will be mentored. They give you a mentor. Another one that is actually local is called Assets. 
um, they will, they will, they also do a free uh, discovery call and a meeting with them and help you uh, formulate a business plan. That's uh, what I've been doing to uh, better work my podcast. Yeah, um, I've done work with um, uh, Score also when I first started out, and uh, just to see what they had, you know, what they could give me, and I, it was definitely worthwhile. It's free, mm-hmm. um, and you can learn a lot of pretty interesting things. So uh, I would recommend a Signing up for, if I can get my glasses on with this uh, headphone, sorry. Uh, it's called Indie on the Move, mm. I-N-D-I-E on the Move. And, and they send out emails every week and uh, with great subjects. Uh, last one was uh, 10 Ways to Fail as an Independent Artist. So it gives you advice on things to do and things not to do. So uh, that's one that I, I, I think is, is really interesting. Um, and there's a, uh, also an email that comes out daily. It's called Biz News PA. And mm. uh, it's, you can subscribe to it. It's free. And uh, this uh, gentleman writes it every day and sends it out at about 6 o'clock in the morning. And it says, I mean, it's, it's not necessarily pertaining only to music. It's about everything, industri- you know, commercial, industrial uh, factories, you know, real, real estate mm. development. But sometimes they talk about... a. You know, a new venue, whether it's Hershey or something else like that, you know. So it's just good to keep, you know, you don't have to even read the whole thing. I mean, only if it's of interest to you that day. But I find it very helpful in in terms of keeping in touch with the local business, uh, the local business scene, because nobody's doing it. Lancaster Newspaper does very little uh, with that. Years ago, they had a a, a whole page, Business Monday, and it was all about local business. And oh, wow. they've cut, oh, that was a while back. That used to be very interesting. And, uh, you know, there are always leads in there for whatever, whatever business they're in. So it's a, it's a good source also. So, but uh, Indie on the Move is from specifically for musicians what to get out there. So, um, and also YouTube is free as well. Yeah, that's an easy one. Yeah. It's an easy one yeah. for sure. Yeah. You just have to know what to look up. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you just have to, and there's a, you know, yeah, it's go, you can, my son-in-law calls it YouTube University because you yeah. know there, figure out how to fix anything, how to do anything, you do know, literally anything. Yeah, you need to fix this microphone. Fail. There's a guy who did a video on that. So. Right. <laughs> so we're kind of running out of time. I have some general questions that I like to ask everybody. So, what's the best piece of advice that anyone has ever given you? Wow. Uh, let's see. Um, hmm. I would say. Uh, I would, I, my dad always uh, was, since he was a musician and he had bands and he had little trios, uh, he, uh, he, would, he was always encouraging me to get out and promote any music I was doing because uh, that's what he did. Uh, he was like a band leader and he would do his own gigging and his own, he'd do his own booking and set the gigs and get his own band, whether it was a 10-piece you know, orchestra or a trio or whatever it was. Uh, he, he was a really interesting guy. I mean, he, he learned, he, his main instrument was clarinet, and when he was about 50, he picked up the bassoon, and he became really, really good at wow. bassoon. I mean, classically, I mean, he just taught himself how to play the bassoon, which is a really at difficult, 50, yeah, a, a, a difficult instrument to learn any time in your life, you know, it's got right, two, yeah. reeds and, two reeds, and yeah. so, but he just, he was a, he would practice, like, every day, you know, he, up until he was in, in his 80s, and, uh, so, but he would all, you know, and, you know, um, before he passed away, I, you know, I was told him what I was doing with, uh, with uh, you know, Mastro Music, and he was just, like, so excited. He says, this is what you got to do. You got to keep doing this and all that. And uh, so when I, when I have success uh, with uh, Mastro Music, I always, you know, I think of, uh, his name was Pensiero, 
And I always think of him and say, thanks, Dad. So he gave me a, very, a lot of good encouragement in terms of you know, getting the music out there. So what is one of the most memorable lessons you've learned? Well, um, be prepared when you're going to make any kind of presentation. If you're going out to, uh, uh, to, to talk to somebody in person, I mean, a lot of times it's emails and it's texting. And you can always, if you, you want to make a, a, an adjustment, you can always email again and say, oh, by the way, I forgot to mention this. Mm -hmm. But if you happen to be making a one-on-one, -on -one, having a one-on-one -on -one meeting and you're going to be talking to somebody, you need to be prepared with your material and to answer as many questions as you can and ask questions like what you know what is it that you're looking for what do you expect from a band you know that mm -hmm. kind of thing so you know when it's a one-on-one -on -one thing i think that's really important to and it's a great way to build relationships with people like um I, you know a lot of my email a lot of my interaction is through email or texting but then when i do get a chance to, to meet my contact in person it's like you really want to uh, be on your game and like say thanks for, you know thank you but just and then be prepared to answer any questions that kind of thing yeah and I, I can't mention this enough be clear and with your intentions too right because you mentioned uh what 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 are you expecting from the band that is something that you, you you shouldn't go in blind right right you should you should ask okay what's the music that you play regularly on the radio or what's right. the music that you're because uh being, having been a DJ, I know the venue is also having that relationship with the venue is very important. Right. Mm -hmm. uh, more so, more so. Yeah. Uh, because those are the people that are going to hire you again. Right. And they might get might uh, if you don't do a good job, your word gets around very quickly. Yeah. Yeah. So you you find out what the expectations are and you mm -hmm. deliver. And you deliver. You, you, yep. you deliver. And that's the other thing. I give you a really quick example. I'm working with another band out of New Jersey uh, as a as a uh, independent agent. I booked them in uh, in Pennsylvania. They're called the Black Ties. They're a, they were they can do a Beatle thing, but they can also do like a '60s and '70s. Really, really fantastic uh, musicians, and they put on a great show. Uh, so they'll do a gig. Um, I get them a lot of work here in Pennsylvania, but uh, they they're busy almost every week. But they'll do a uh, they'll play at Stoner Grill and do a, a wide variety of of stuff and. People respond big time. Now they played a couple of weeks ago. They played up at Lidditz Historical Association or Society, and they were playing for an hour and a half. And they requested just Beatles, and that's what they did. They just and they do Beatles fantastically. I because I kind of got involved with them after the Cavern Club went away. I still had I knew that there was a big market for for Beatle tribute type stuff. So you know the my the book the, my the guy I talked to the Booker who's also named is Corey. Uh, uh, he said no, we just want Beatles and. I told that to the band, and they did nothing. They did Beatles, and they did a couple of, uh, but they also did like Beatles did covers of Chuck Berry songs and a couple, mm -hmm. and, uh, uh, like a couple other ones, and, and they did those too. But they did the Beatles versions of those things. So that's really important because if they didn't do all Beatles, I mean, the guy would have come to me, and blah blah, yep. blah that sort of thing. So there's one story of, of, from my aunt. Uh, she's a gigantic. I can't remember which way it goes, but she she's was either a gigantic Journey fan or a Eagles fan. I can't remember which. I think it's Journey. Um, so for her wedding day, she just wanted nothing but that one what? particular band. Wow! <laughs> Holy cow! And you know the bride is the leader of the wedding, right? Yeah, that's um, kind of who you want to please. But the DJ played the opposite. Oh man! Really? Yeah. Oh, so he, never, he he got he got. I'm sure 
Why didn't he? Why? Yeah. Why would you not? Why would you not? Right. I mean, you're being paid. You know, you you go to the you go to the store and you order a sandwich. You want ham and cheese. You know, the guy gives you a tuna fish. It's like that's not what I want. Especially you know? as like a DJ, right? Yeah. <laughs> when you don't have to perform those music. Yeah. It's not. Yeah. It's not that. And it's like it's like you have all the music. I mean, it's, it's like, right there. Right. And it's not like Journey has a, a lackluster uh, catalog no, of music. Absolutely not. You have you can easily fill up a wedding reception with with Journey. Yeah. So so make sure your intentions are clear and deliver on those yeah, uh, intentions definitely. for sure. Yeah. Because people will remember the bad time oh, yeah. over the good time. Uh, you, you just make one mistake and that's what they remember. You yeah. Know? Not all the necessary great things you did. So yeah, that's just the way it is. People, That's what stands out with people. So what is one thing that you know now that you wish you had known when you first started? Um. Ah, good question. Uh, you mean when I first started, like just music playing, marketing? Music? Yeah. Um, uh, well, you never when you when you meet when you're building relationships, be careful of your style of sense of humor. because yes, you can you can say so. you can say something, and. Uh, and it will and not really, be right. Right. And, and it'd be like, well, wait a minute. And then that person might have a, a, an idea of what a, a stereotype that it might be the opposite of what you are or mm-hmm. like, you know, and you don't want to make that impression. So if you, I would say hold off on joking until, you know, until the other person starts joking around and you yeah. get a feeling with it. Because I have a sense of humor and I like, I love making people laugh because who doesn't like to laugh? Yeah. yeah. So, um, yeah, yeah, that's just something you want to be careful with. Uh, and uh, especially, you know, in today's world, it's very, you know, very diversified. Every everybody, you know, in in the music world, even the lo- you know, in the local music world, every um, part of the population that's out there is part of that's going to be in people you deal with mm-hmm. in, in bands or or in venue owners, whatever it might be. I mean, you you don't know what people are, so you have to be, you know, sensitive. You just have to be smart, and, yeah, and, and no cracking jokes that you, you know just you know that would. Just, you know, right time, right place, smart. right? Yeah. yeah, yeah, right. So you got to be smart about that. What is one of mistakes that you have seen or that you have perhaps made, and how can we prevent that for future bands and future mm-hmm. uh, generations? Well, um, kind of goes back to, um, to what we said in terms of expectations for a band. Mm-hmm. Um, you don't want to play too loud. I mean, a lot of bands just have a, a knack of getting louder and louder and louder. And, it's, and, and I, we, in all weather band, we've talked about it a number of times. And as the drummer, so I'm, many times I'm to blame. If I'm going, if I'm getting louder, every guy, Everybody everybody's going to get louder. So yeah. um, part of my journey of being a, a, a better drummer um, is using dynamics and being aware of your volume. And you, of course, you have to be aware and make sure your timing is right. I mean, you got to be time. It's, it's one of the hardest things for me is to play, play fast and not even, not it, but not loud. Oh yeah. That's And then the opposite yeah, of you, right. if it's a slow song, you know, you Get have quieter. to, you have to use the dynamics, you know, and, and that really is a roadmap for that song for the band because, you know, if you're playing loud, as I said, the next guy's, everybody's going to play. Loud. And then the, what happens is like the people in the audience are annoyed because it's too loud. They want to mm-hmm. talk. Um, and, uh, 
the venue owner is not going to be happy with you. He's going to have to keep coming. You don't want the guy to keep coming and telling you, no. peep it down, guys. You know, that, you know, A good night is where you never see the venue owner. Right, right. And that means they're happy. They're, yeah. Nobody's complaining. So, I, you know, I think those are things that are always good lessons for uh, bands and, and musicians to learn. What is one of the funny, uh, what, what was a time where something really, really funny happened or one of the worst moments ever happened? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, uh, okay, I'll, um, I, I have something. I probably won't go into that one, but uh, uh, when I, well, I will, because it's, why not? Um, so when I was in uh, high school, I had a summer gig um, at, a, at a club, and we played there during the summer. Um, we played there on Wednesday night and Friday night and Saturday night. So Friday night and Saturday night, we could leave our gear there, and, and then but Wednesday, you know, we had to reload, load in, and all that stuff. But uh, um, it was kind of a slimy place, so, so they had uh, twin go-go girls. They were twins with bleach blonde hair, and you know, they wore bikinis. And, and, and I'm talking 1969, 1970, and in those days, I, I guess that stuff. So I, I guess those kinds of clubs still exist, but uh, it was just a, a weird scene. I mean, there were fights, and uh, uh, they were like. You know, the, the girls were really uh, flirty, and you know, you never. And I was 18 years old. I mean, I was I was 17 right. years old. I wasn't even a. Oh I, wow! I wasn't even supposed to be playing in this place. Although the drinking age in New York at the time was 18, <laughs> so uh, you could get away with it. But it was like it was a, a rough crowd, and uh, it was like you just never knew. You had to always kind of like be aware of what was going on, and uh, you know, and, and, and you know, the girls were uh, they were they were. Uh, Really nice people, but they got, you know, sometimes they just get a little carried away and act up and so forth. So I guess that was just kind of like a, a more of a, um, uh, a learning thing where it's like, okay, you know, this stuff can happen. You got to be careful. Just like, watch out. Somebody's going to start a fight over a dancer or something like that. And you just, just yeah, just get out of the way. Get out of the way. And just like, hopefully, a, your bottle doesn't come flying in your way or something like that. You know? Stuck. <laughs> like the, the Blues Brothers. That, that yeah, famous yeah, yeah. scene of the Blues Brothers where they're behind the fence and everybody's throwing beer bottles at them, you know? But uh, yeah, that's. Uh, uh, and as far as uh, what's, what I find funny is uh, um, I love it when, uh, you know, there's a family at a show and uh, they bring one of their little kids, like, you know, a little toddler or two, three, four year old, walking by and they. They just stop and stare at the band, kind of a thing, and they're just like, you know, that kind, you know, they're just like, what's going, you know? And it's like, maybe it's the first time they ever saw somebody actually playing, you know, a, a, an instrument in mm -hmm. front of people and so forth. So, and it's, that's all. I always get a kick out of that, and I always say, well, that kid's probably going to um, buy a piano. His parents yeah, going right, to get yeah. a piano lessons or a guitar lessons or something like that. Someday, <laughs> that, kid's, you know? that kid's been marked. <laughs> yeah, yes, he has been marked. So. Uh, but uh, yeah, that's uh, I, and that kids always look at it and they smile and then you smile, you get to dance. wave back. Yeah, and they start dancing and it's always you know it's always a treat to to see that. I like that. So, right, it's been a lot of fun. Yeah, very interesting. Where can people find you? Um, you can find me at uh, pmastromusic at uh, gmail.com, or my website is uh, pmastro.com. P, I'm sorry, it's pmastromusic. Com. There is a, a mastromusic.com, and when I built the website, Mastro Music is a drum teacher. I don't know, he's, oh. like, he's in Indiana or somewhere like that. So I had, I had P Mastro. Uh, so on pmastromusic.com, and you can see, uh, you can contact me there. You can reach, you can see some of the bands I'm working with there. Uh, I have some nice videos, some nice, really great local talent, and uh, uh, there's just, uh, that's, really how you get, that's the best way to get a hold of me. 
With all that said, this has been the Story Podcast. If you want to follow us, you can search up the story Corey Rosen. That's C O R Y R O S E N. We're on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, everywhere you you do social media. We are there. You can find us there. Upcoming guests we have tomorrow. We have Heather Grayberg, which is a good friend of mine. She's a CEO of a theater of a company. CEO of a theater company over in Coatesville. Uh, so I'm really excited to talk to her, how she started her business. Uh, she started it uh, during the pandemic of all times. Oh, wow. Uh, so I'm really excited to hear about uh, all the challenges that that came up with and uh, everything about that. Wednesday, we have a, a guest called Stephanie Grace. She is a country singer. She, she's been in Nashville. She's opened up for Taylor Swift before. And so I'm really excited to talk about her. She's from Pottstown. And then the day after that, we have Nick DeSanto, the very Lancaster's own one-man band. Yeah. Uh, awesome dude. I'm really excited to talk to him about how how one creates a one-man band kit, <laughs> you know? Yeah, he's something to see. I've seen him before, and it's like, wow. It's crazy. Yeah, I know. So if you want to check that out, you can check us out on uh, all those places. With all that said, I hope you guys have a wonderful. If you oh, before I before I go, if you really want to support us, <laughs> we have merchandise to sell. Uh, we have stickers online, and we have shirts and hoodies with the first fifty guests on the back, and those will be uh, our limited time offer. You have until September to put your order in and have it secured. Otherwise, it's first come, first serve. They come in in October. With all that said, I hope you guys have a wonderful rest of the day, and we'll see you guys later. Bye.